0: Hey, hey, everybody. So one thing I realized is, well, first of all, happy Sunday. Well, I'm recording these on Sundays. I always record podcasts on Sundays. Um, but happy whatever day you are listening to this on. But I also just realized too that because you wake up with me in the morning and I record these pretty early, like you all get to experience my allergies in, in full swing. Uh, with me so I I'm usually like hiccuping or sneezing or coughing or uh got a kind of stuffy nose or whatever so hopefully as the weather cools off that eases up a bit because I am like a little northern penguin um, so I just do not fare well in the heat or humidity or other climates besides you know brisk so hopefully as it cools off uh, my allergies will go away a little bit so I apologize if I if I sound a little stuffy if I might cough' I'm going to try to (laughs) go away from the mic when I do that. But we're all family here, right? So I know you guys will bear with me. Okay, so without further delay, I definitely want to get into this leadership series. So, if you are not listening forward on, right, if you're not listening from the very beginning uh, and you're coming from the future, you're listening to these kind of in reverse or out of order, you may not understand what I'm doing, but I am talking about a leadership uh, or I'm doing a leadership series. So, you'll want to go to the podcast right before this. So, we are setting the stage for leadership and then Today, we are going to be talking about the first phase of leadership, which is the foundation of trust. And for those of you guys who also don't know because you're not following along in order is I am working from the book that you absolutely need to get, um, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. And if you are a tryhard like myself, um, you definitely want to make sure you get his other book, The Ideal Team Player. They go hand in hand. They are so good. If you work on a team, if you are part of a team, if you are a leader on a team, or if you manage, even if you're a solopreneur, but you, know, you work with other people that you contract out, um, it really is such a good book. And as someone who comes from a clinical perspective and has a background in program development and uh, administration and supervision, things like that, it really pairs nicely into utilizing a lot of the interventions and stuff that we talk about when building programs and, you know, building teams and, and developments and things like that. So I really can appreciate all of the, all of the key takeaways from this book and one thing I really love too is it's such an easy read because it, it very much reads almost like a novel. Um so if you're a person who really struggles with reading, I definitely uh, want to recommend this book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lenciani, because it it's just it's great. So uh that's it. And also we this is not sponsored <laughs> by that book. I just genuinely love it. Uh it is so great. And I really kind of want to dive into uh, you know, the first. Foundation. Like I said, this is a leadership series because it's so hard to cram in all of the things you need when we are talking about leadership into one podcast that doesn't become two hours long. I really do feel like it is something that's not talked about often, especially in this field, um, especially in network marketing and just really in life in general. So even if you're not in network marketing, even if you're not in business and you are somehow listening to this podcast, first of all, welcome 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 this is a big huge family and we love to encourage and empower one another through you know decoding debunking demystifying all of the things that are out there uh that the quote-unquote gurus are telling us that may or may not even be true and we kind of dive deep we put things under a microscope and we really get to the root cause of some of those things <clears throat> Sorry, that's why I prefaced my allergies in the very beginning of this podcast, because I have a feeling I'm going to be doing a lot of that, so I apologize if it's annoying. Okay, so we talked about setting the stage for leadership last week. We talked about the different phases that it comes with leadership and having, you know, good leadership. We don't want to become a boss. We don't want to become a manager. We want to become a leader. And leadership is something that is earned because it comes from a foundation of respect. And the respect is something that's not given, it's earned. We we all hopefully kind of know that. And so I really want to talk about the most pivotal and pretty much the most important, which is probably why it is the absolute foundation from which this, you know, triangle or pyramid or, you know, whatever you want to call it, of the five dysfunctions of a team come from. It is because, I don't know, I want you to write this down. The the first foundation is trust, okay? And primarily when you're talking about, you know, coming into your leadership, right? And you're identifying why it's not working, okay? um, Or you're identifying the possibilities as to why it won't work, or why you're struggling, or why you're not seeing the growth that you want, okay? is because there is an absence of trust. And, and this trust is, you know, the, the common understanding, right? Which is, you know, telling the truth, being honorable, things like that, being a person of your word. But one of the things that I don't think people talk a lot about and I really appreciate that the author talks about it in this book is and I want you to write this beside so outside of that little triangle I want you to write next to this building block of trust invulnerability okay and I see this a lot in leadership and it's because there's this There's this myth that leaders have to be perfect. Leaders always have to be doing the most, the best, um, you know, because there's this thing of, you know, leading from the front. And of course, I'm not going to say that that's not what you should be doing. You're Always leading from the front because you are never telling the people you are working alongside to do something you are not willing or capable of doing. And so you want to make sure you are leading from the front and you're asking them to do something, you are doing it first. You are doing it and taking the brunt of, you know, the hardships that are coming. Okay. And so what I mean though is invulnerability in that. They don't allow themselves to become human. They start to kind of take on this boss-like or managerial role within the team and they only show up when sales are low. They only show up to kind of yell at people and boss them around. They only show up when they need to pick up the pace. They only show up when, you know, fill in the blank, right? You can probably think of some people like this. They don't show up regularly. They don't show up consistently just because. They don't show up to be like, hey, love you guys, just wanted to let you know that or Hey, keep going. Or, Hey, I see you and you and you doing X, Y, and Z. Great job. Keep it up, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so what, what happens is, and then the way that they are sharing their experience, the way that they are leading, the way they are showing up is, is as if they're Iron Man or something, right? Like they are, There, they are this impenetrable force that nothing ever goes wrong with. That They are always crushing sales. They are always so good at this. They are always, you know, like the most, the best, right? Because it's like this fallacy that like they have to be perfect. And so they live up to it because they think if I create this image of perfect, you will always want to strive to be that. So therefore everybody will be on this journey of always being better, but it doesn't become a journey of being better. It becomes a journey of comparison, right? And that is not what you want because people are going to compare themselves to either you or they're going to compare themselves to this idealistic version that they don't feel like can ever come true because they know that they're not perfect. They know that life's going to get in the way. They know that their life is different than yours. They have different demands, you know, and, and they're almost going to quit before they even run the race. And how effective is that for a mode of leadership? So story time, like I want to establish some trust with you guys and be vulnerable for a minute and talk to you guys about when I thought I was being an awesome leader because I was replicating the leadership I was seeing and I was doing what I was told and and, and I was doing what lead- I thought leaders should have been doing, okay? And how I was failing myself and my team and actually making things worse, and then what I did to fix it and how I have seen an improvement since that time. So let's let's go back. Okay. So I've been in the, the entrepreneurship space now for almost four years. So going back into the beginning. And when I started to see myself as a leader and I started to take on more partners and I started to see more growth and I kind of viewed myself as more of a leader and I started to kind of garner the success and, and the financial aspect and the, you know, the respect, all these things, right? I started garnering all the things that came with the role. Okay. I started sharing all of those awesome things because I thought, wow, I'm going to show people it's possible. Like my life has done this crazy 180. I'm living this life of luxury. I'm seeing all this immense growth. I'm, I'm attracting so many more partners who want to work with me. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Like I need to show people that it's possible, right? This kind of rags to riches story, if you will. And yes, people people responded to it. They were attracted to it. But here's the problem. When they came on board, right new people and the people that were currently on my team working with me, they began to see when they started working with me or if they were already, they began to see this this uh, something that wasn't able to be attained. They looked at everything I was and everything I was doing as or, ridiculously unrealistic for themselves. And they kind of had this good for you, but that's not going to happen to me mentality. So even though I was bringing on new people and they were seeing my success and they were like, wow, that's attractive. I, w- I want that too. When they got to begin working w- or when they began working with me, they were like, but whoa, this is so unrealistic. The amount of work that you're doing, uh, the, the type of success that you're having, like you are never struggling. You are never failing. You were never doing this. I could never be that perfect. Right. They almost kind of like how I probably look at all of these other successful entrepreneurs and, you know, Instagram influencers and all these people who seem to have their whole life together. Right. Like, They're constantly putting out amazing content and everything seems so streamlined and and beautiful and like their YouTube matches their, you know, release date for their podcast, which matches their blog, which matches their Instagram posts. They have a carousel and they've got stories and I'm like, whoa, your life is so flipping put together. I could never do that. (laughs) Right? It seems so unattainable and unrealistic and that was what was happening within my team and it was also creating such resentment, understandably. Okay. And, you know, people were kind of having this, well, don't, whenever Courtney comes in, you know, that's, you know, we we communicate mainly through like chats and other stuff. And then whenever I would come in there and offer some like motivation and some tough love. All they heard was the tough part. They didn't hear the love part because I hadn't established that foundation of trust yet. I was coming in and I was giving tough love, and I and I thought I was delivering it with tough and love, right? Um, but but because I hadn't established that that trust with them, because all they saw was this perfect image of what I was putting out there, because I didn't think, oh, I can't show them that I'm struggling because I'm supposed to be the face of the team. I'm supposed to be the strength. I'm supposed to be this. Like I have to show them that I'm in the grind and then I'm doing this. And I'm only going to show them my wins, um, you know, to inspire them, to show them what's possible. And because I thought, well, if they're already failing, I'm not going to show them my failures because that's only going to give them permission to continue failing and not trying and all, all this, all this crap. Okay. All this, all this crap that I was believing. Okay. Believing in my own head, believing what other people were telling me, believing all this stuff. Right. Right. It's, it's fake, by the way. It's, it's false. Don't do not do that. <laughs> if you're going to learn anything from this story of mine, please don't do that. And if you're doing it, knock it off, okay? Um, and so here's what was happening. I was starting to see this, this divide happen within not only me and my leaders and my, and my team, but like their leaders and their team. Because even though they kind of hated what they were seeing in me and what I was portraying, they started doing it themselves, okay? They started kind of, because again, they're comparing. They are comparing themselves to me. And even though they hate that I'm putting off that I'm so perfect, they start kind of putting off all these vibes too that then put off their team. And everyone started kind of feeling so divided. And even though they weren't competing against themselves, us, myself, I was setting the standard that leaders should be the standard that lead and, and and here's the thing you should be the standard but you should be the standard for lots of other things not just performance you need to be setting the standard as in you are grinding with them but we were setting the standard of like yep see i'm showing up no matter what yep see i'm reaching out and doing this yep see i'm perfect at messaging people yep see i'm always crushing sales yep i'm always doing this and and then all of the leaders were doing that and the teams just kind of started to feel lesser than they started to kind of feel like, well, I feel like if I have a bad day, I can't be vulnerable and open with, with them about that. I feel like I'm going to be blamed for being lazy and making excuses. And we were cultivating that kind of culture. I was cultivating that kind of culture. And I kind of had this like coming to Jesus moment. I was talking to one of my leaders and and her and I had kind of had some tension. It was really weird. I feel like we kind of really wanted to be best friends, but all this, excuse me, all this underlying tension was just really keeping us from doing that. And we were caught up in this like competitive comparison, jealousy filled, just angry, you know, and and luckily we sorted that out and we are best friends now. Hold on, I got to take a drink. But part of it was, that mentality, that leadership mentality we both had. And and, and as the leader, I will take full blame for that just because I was setting that, that bar, that example, that standard. Um, and anyway, her, I, I kind of was like, okay, Courtney, you need to go into clinical mode here. You need to take off the entrepreneur hat. You need to, you know, take off the leadership hat, put your clinical hat back on and, and really problem solve this. And so I, I just kind of asked her, I said, Hey, you know, I'm not okay with all this underlying tension that's happening. I'm not okay with all these unspoken things. I'm not okay with all this crap that's happening. Like, let's talk about it. You tell me all the things that are on your mind and I will just shut up and not say a thing and just listen. And luckily, and this person is terrified of conflict, like terrified because she's such a lover. She's such a, um, she's not terrified because she's scared and she's not a, a, not a fighter, like not, not strong, doesn't have a backbone. She does, but she just doesn't like it. You know, there I think there's a difference, right? It's like people who are like the karate kid, right? They they teach you to fight so that you don't have to fight, right? Kind of the same thing. She can fight, but she doesn't want to, right? And so she told me and some of it I agreed with, some of it I didn't, some of it I knew was rooted in um, fact and some of it I felt like was rooted more in emotion, but it doesn't matter. Emotion is still valid because ultimately, guys, you're dealing with people and we are run by emotions. So they are just as valid, whether you think they are true or not true or based in fact or based in fiction or or based in someone's perception, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, Okay. It's their truth. And if you're going to work with people, you need to learn to honor emotions. And because I valued this person and I valued their place in my team, in my life and everything else, and I wanted to build her into a better leader, I had to listen and be open to becoming a better leader myself through first breaking down some barriers that I had built up. And this is a long roundabout way of talking about invulnerability. I was not being vulnerable. I was not showing people that, yeah, there were things I wasn't good at. There were things I failed at. There were goals that I didn't meet. There were things I struggled with. There were not always good days. Okay. And I had this conversation with her and her and I began to heal things over. And and one day I decided to ask the team, I said, you know, um, (laughs) be brave here and ask the team. i might going to open myself up to some, you know, friendly fire, but it needs to happen. And I'm going to encourage you guys, if you have a team to do this with your team as well. To begin to establish more trust and become more vulnerable. Because once you do and you get past that first foundational building block of having a better team through being a better leader, you are gonna see so much more growth. It is crazy. Okay. And I want you to write these down these three questions I asked my team. Okay. These three questions. And I said, hey guys. I want to be a better leader, but I can't just go around assuming what you need from me. So I need to know some things and I need your complete honesty. Please do not hold back. I will not rebuttal. In fact, I will not even respond. Okay. Because I don't want people to perceive what I'm saying as agreeing or disagreeing. I just want to be open. I'm just going to hear and I will take it all in. Okay. These are the questions that I ask them. I said, what am I doing well that you want me to keep doing? Write that down, okay? These next three questions, or this question and the next two. What am I doing well that I need to be doing or or keep doing, okay? That I need to do more of? Keep doing or doing more of? The next question is, what am I not doing that I need to be doing more of? Okay. What am I not doing? What is it that you need me to be doing that I'm just not doing? And you want me to do more of that. Okay. And then the last one is something that I feel like really makes, you know, one of the biggest differences, which is what am I doing that I need to stop doing? Okay. What am I doing that I need to stop doing, that I need to not do anymore? And here's the thing. You're going to get some contradicting answers from people, okay? Different people are going to give different opinions, and they might contradict one another, right? Some people will say, oh, I love when you give tough love. Keep doing that. And someone might say, I hate your tough love. Stop doing that. (laughs) Right. And that is when you ask those clarifying questions and you say, oh, okay, Sarah. So I'm, you know, after you've given a chance to process it, so give it a day. Okay. Then go back and say, Hey, you know, private message, Sarah, you know, independently and say, Hey Sarah, thank you so much for being open and vulnerable and willing to tell me what I need to improve. I cannot wait to start taking your feedback, uh, to heart and, and put it into practice. I was wondering though, in order to be about better leader, I feel like I need to clarify something with you. And I know you talked about my tough love and not to do it anymore. What specifically about the tough love, don't you like? Is it the way that I say it? Is it what I say? Is it words that I use? Is it the way I come at you? Like, what does it make you feel and, and why do you want me to stop doing it so I know exactly, you know, what to stop? They're going to give you exactly. They're, they're going to tell you, okay? Um. If they're like, well, I don't know, then you can say, hey, you know, how about can you, is there a way you can, you know, think about that and then get back with me because that's going to be really important for me to make the changes that I need to. Okay. So communication, first of all, but that's next week's conversation. Okay. (laughs) That's a later conversation, um, because that's another building block, but those three questions changed the trajectory of our team. Okay. It was pivotal and Another thing is you might get no feedback from people, okay, Um, because they are scared because of the damage you have done with not creating that trust. And here's the thing, I have that to an extent with some of my leadership, I'm not sure. Now, I will always be honest with them because it's the type of person I am, but I won't be honest with them simply based on the fact that I have that foundation of trust. I have a feeling that if some of my leaders were to ask me this question, not all of them, but some of them okay were to ask me this question, I would not be as honest and open because I would fear reprisal, meaning that they are going to then tell me, no, I don't do that. Or I only do that for this reason. Or I can't even believe you would think that way. Or they would not say anything. And then they would just like the pendulum would swing so drastically in the opposite direction toward me that it would be like, I shouldn't have said anything to begin with. Okay. And so I'm going to challenge you as the person listening to this. If you are that leader who wants to ask those questions, you need to get your brain and your heart in a space of being open and receptive and available for learning and available for feedback. If you cannot be, and if you are too deeply rooted in your emotions, you cannot ask this because you are going to feel some type of way about what your you know, your, your friends, your other fellow leaders, your coworkers, your team, whatever, you are going to take what they're saying to heart And you are going to allow it to wound you. And then when that happens, people react in a way that is so counterproductive and so counterintuitive to their end goal. And it ends up doing more harm than good. So you need to make sure you are deeply rooted and grounded in your emotional intelligence to be able to ask this question. Okay, if you cannot ask this question, or if you cannot be, excuse me, let me go back. If you cannot be more grounded in your emotional intelligence, you cannot ask these questions. If you cannot ask these questions, you will continue to not see the growth that you want. Now, here's the thing. You might temporarily see some spikes in sales and see good business happen and whatever, but you are constantly going to be riding this roller coaster and your momentum will be up and down and up and down and up and down far more drastically than the normal business pattern, right? We all know business is like this roller coaster of ups and downs. But here's the thing. There's normal business, which is ups and downs because of what's happening in the world, people's finances, all that other stuff. And then there's ups and downs because of the tone you are setting in your team, the motivation, the emotion, the drive behind the people, because the people are the problem. And by the people are the problem, I mean they're the ones who are getting tired because they're showing up for you. They're showing out for you because that's what you are demanding of them. Okay. You're like, everybody, we gotta show up. Everybody, we gotta do this. Everybody, come on. Let's do this. Let's do that. If you guys only do this and only do that, right? They're showing up for that to save face or to prove something, they're eventually going to get exhausted and they're going to slow down. So it's not slowing down because the market's slowing down. They're slowing down because they are slowing down. They are slowing down because you are wearing them out. Okay. There's a difference. And I was one of those leaders too. I would be like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. We got this, we got this, we got this. And then I'd be like, where the heck are you guys? Why are you guys like dead? Why is this chat like not happening? Why are we not making any sales? They're exhausted from me beating them like horses. Okay. And so be vulnerable. Ask those questions. Then I want you to be honest and vulnerable. Like guys, hey, thank you so much for your feedback. You know, I know that I probably put off trying to be this perfect leader, but I am anything but you know, I struggle. There's goals that I miss. There's things that I don't do. There's times I definitely feel really insecure. There's times where I'm like, wow, I am so underqualified for this, right? Whatever. Be vulnerable and be open with them because when they see that you struggle too, and when they see that there are goals that you miss, but then they see how you rise anyway, that is inspiring, Instead of saying, "Oh yeah, I got, I got, I got a no, but I just kept doing this, 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 and and you know then then I persevered and then I got what I wanted. Right? That's that's not really inspiring. <laughs> your goal is to inspire your team, and yes, that means showing up and leading from the front. But it doesn't mean that you're doing something and then looking back and going, "Okay, now your turn." No, you just do it. You just do it. You just leave from the front and you just keep going. And eventually the right people will see what you're doing and they will replicate it because they will be inspired by you, right? But you don't do something Oh, Sorry about that. Um, you don't do something and then turn around and go, are you inspired? <laughs> right? Did I just inspire you? Okay, guys, I just inspired you. Now go do it. No. Okay? You don't pop up to be like, look, look what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing. Now go do it. Nope. You don't. You just do it. And because your team respects you, they know that you're doing it. You pop in to say, hey guys, how can I help you do these things today? how can I help you? How can I make things easier? You need to have a heart of servant leadership because that in and of itself is the most vulnerable thing of all, right? I'm religious. I believe in God. If you don't, I, well, I was going to say, I apologize, but I'm, I don't apologize. Um, <laughs> you can believe whatever you want to, but I'm going to tell you in my faith, there is this uh, story of Jesus washing the disciples feet. And, and why am I talking about that? Because as we perceive him to be our our messiah our god uh, you know um that a god would humble themselves to wash a, another a servant's feet so that's like a king and and like his cupbearer that's like him giving his cupbearer you know um that's like him being the cupbearer's servant, okay? First of all, washing feet was a servant's job, and it was dirty because obviously they wore sandals everywhere out in the middle of the flipping desert. It was dirty. So before they ate, and he was to basically sacrifice himself, he washed their feet. And it's a symbol of humbling himself to his disciples, to the people who follow him, to the people who love and respect him, and saying, I am equally here to serve you as you are to serve me. And that is the kind of leadership, that is the kind of example that we need as leaders. And yes, I'm talking to you. You are a leader. I don't care if you lead nobody or you lead a thousand people because the first person you need to learn to lead is yourself. You need to become a servant leader. Getting in the chats, getting in your emails, getting in um, whatever communication you use with your team. And saying, hey guys, how can I help you today? How can I serve you? Asking them what they need and then producing that content to be able to help them, to train them. Instead of being like, all right, I I did this today. Now you guys go do it. Right? Stop trying to be perceived as perfect. Stop always showing people, like stop trying to inspire. Just inspire people by showing off what you've got because of the things you've done. Because people want to go, great, I'm glad you have this kind of car. I'm glad you have this kind of house and that you have 100 Louis Vuittons. Cool. Yeah, I would love that one day. But how about you show me how you got it? How about you help me get it too? Okay, don't just tell me, I want you guys to get it. Go get it. Go get it. Okay, great. How about you help me? And if you as a leader cannot show people how you did it and you cannot duplicate the exact process, girl, you ain't no leader. You just happened upon this by accident, okay? You happen to find the right people who also did the right things. There, You need a duplicatable process. You need to be able to look at what you have done and say, this is how I did it. And here's how I'm going to help you go do it, right? If you don't know John Maxwell, get to know John Maxwell and get to know the five layers of leadership, the five levels, excuse me. And one of them is, let me do it with you. Then the next one is, you do it, I'll watch. Then the next one is, uh, you know, you do it, I'm here if you need anything. And then the last one is, you go do it to somebody else. You teach somebody else how to do it. It's not just about finding the right people and hoping you find these unicorns to work with, to help you with your business and go, oh, they're going to do the rest themselves. Gosh, this, especially the network marketing industry is just so fraught with that. And it's really unfortunate. And I think that's part of what gives it a bad name. You are be like, I don't, I don't know how I did it. I just, I just did it. Well, good for you. Okay. <laughs> like, awesome but talk to us about the process. Talk to us about what you did. Talk to us about what worked and what didn't work. And and, and how are you teaching new people to do that so that they can teach their new people to do that? Okay. It's like a teacher. A teacher can go and get a degree and then be like, awesome. I can teach economics now. And then they go and they just tell people, I earned a degree. Now you guys can too. The teachers are going to be like, that's awesome. So how about you teach us? (laughs) Right? Teach us how you got it. Teach us what we need to know so we can go get it too. And so that's kind of what I want to help you guys understand is being more vulnerable, establishing that trust. Okay. Just because you view yourself as a leader, it might be whatever your position is at work. It might be whatever your rank is within your company. It might be, you know, whatever it is that you do that you feel like demands respect. First of all, demands respect is like that. That just needs to go away. Right. Right. Someone needs to demand respect for a position, but not the person. And that's what you might be confusing this with. People might revere and respect your position, but they don't respect you. And you need to figure out real quick which one it is. I would much rather people respect me than and value me, and value my leadership, and what I have to say, and the the value that I bring to the table, and how I can serve them, as opposed to whatever my position is. Because positions and respect for positions don't carry people through difficult times. Soldiers don't follow leaders because of their position. They follow and respect leaders in difficult times because of the person that they respect. Now, a lot of times... That brotherhood is created and they value and respect the person as well as the position. And that's kind of the perfect marriage. However, most institutions, most businesses, most models are not like that. And you need to work on creating respect and how do you do that? You do that by serving. You do that by showing up. You do that by actually being vulnerable, okay? Instead of the opposite, which is showing up as impenetrable, you need to show up as vulnerable, and that is going to begin establishing trust within your team, and that is the absolute foundation you need to be able to use to build upward and onward, and we're going to talk about that in a future podcast. Again, this is a series, and so I hope you found some value in that and that you are going to charge forward, trying to garner the respect of your team through showing up in a real way, showing your wins and your losses, being open and honest and vulnerable, coming from a place of servant leadership, asking your team what they need from you and how you can show up for them instead of saying, here's how I showed up for myself today. and Now go do that. Sorry, I just have to take a moment of silence for that and roll my eyes. <laughs> I feel like you did too. So if you found some value from this, I always appreciate when you guys screenshot whatever the screen is you're looking at right now and tag me at the CourtneyRogers.co and let me know your biggest takeaway. Let me know some things that you learned, just the value that you took away from this. I'm on Facebook and on Instagram. So please not be shy. Also, let me know if there are other things you would love for me to talk about, address, decode, debunk, demystify, all that goodness. Um, we're a family here and, and I want to make sure that I'm serving you guys and that I, I am giving you guys the value that you need to be able to grow, not only as a business person, but also as a person in general. So I love you guys. Uh, don't forget, if you haven't yet, leave a five-star review. Let me know what you're loving about it. Uh, they This helps me keep it ad-free. It'll always be ad-free. <laughs> um, that's kind of my goal. Um, and it helps us, uh, rank a little bit higher and it helps the, you know, Decoded Project family, uh, reach more people and impact more people and help more individuals grow into the best version of themselves and bring as many people along with them as possible. So with that, I will let you go. I will be signing off. Look for the next one. We will be talking all about some of (laughs) probably the most difficult one uh, and I'm not even going to spoil it because I want you to, I want you to be left hanging. I want a cliffhanger. So you come back. <laughs> I'm to make sure I didn't scare you away with this one. So I love you guys. I will catch you in the next episode. Peace.